Welcome to Maker Mom, a podcast where I explore the stories of maker moms and the life they lead. Each week I will bring you the behind the scenes story of a new maker mom. I'm Katie Freeman, a furniture designer and content creator running freemanfurnishings.com and your host of the Maker Mom podcast. You can find Maker Moms hanging out in the Facebook community at Maker Moms and on the web at makermompodcast.com. If you love what you hear, please subscribe, leave a stellar review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know. Welcome to episode six of the Maker Mom podcast. Today's guest for the show is Wendy with The Pursuit of Happy Mess. Uh, If you guys don't follow her, she is known as probably one of the most kind and caring uh, people within the maker community on Instagram. And don't worry, I will include all the ways to follow her um, in the show notes. So you want to check that out at the end of the show. But in today's show, we talk about how uh, she has dealt with some difficult times in her life with her two teenage daughters and how making has, you know, been there to help her work through all of that. So why don't we go ahead and jump right into the interview? Thank you very much, Wendy, for agreeing to be a guest on the Maker Mom podcast. I feel like We've been following each other for a while now, anyways. It's been a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, another one of my Canadian friends. I just love you Canadians. <laughs> we love everybody. I know you do. That's why I love you so much. Because <laughs> um, uh, what got released today was episode three with um, Jacqueline of mm-hmm. uh, painted farm clockery so she was a sweetheart she is she was a joy to talk to and I got to hear little Oliver noises while we talked and that was like the best ever (laughs) Oliver is my favorite human and my favorite thing to do is squish him Uh (laughs) uh-huh I I like Oliver cuddles I know he is so so stinking cute (laughs) um so to get us started, um, I just want uh, to get to know a little bit more about you as Wendy. Uh, um, and But a little bit first, can you do just a little brief introduction of who you are, what you do, what you make, that kind of thing? Okay. Um, well, my Instagram handle, of course, is the pursuit of happy mess. And uh, I always get asked, what, what's the meaning behind the name? Um, uh, myself and my two daughters, I have two teenage daughters, thing one and thing two. Um, we are happiest when we are making a mess. So we're always pursuing that happy mess. Um, I do a little bit of everything. It's been, this journey has been almost two years. It'll be two years in January. And I asked my daughters if they would like to learn woodworking as part of their homeschooling. Uh, we do journey learning, interest-driven education mm-hmm. as opposed to curriculum-based. And one said yes, and two said no. Um, and then, of course, I got bought all the things, bought all the th- all the things that I didn't need to start. Um, and then thing one decided that it didn't interest her, but I fell in love with it. So um, I do signs. I do. Um, shelves I do 
small pieces of furniture if I'm asked to by people that I really love because <laughs> I don't care to make furniture. I can do it, but I don't like it. Um, and then I like to try new things. So I started playing with resin. I started experimenting. Um, I started working with live edge stuff. I do not your typical charcuterie board, but I do coffee and tea trivets where I wrote, wrote out shapes and then fill them in with coffee beans or tea leaves and epoxy them in place. Um, but the thing I love to do most is I love to carve basswood. So I do primarily basswood carvings. I'm hoping to expand it into more challenging carvings, but um, right now what I do mostly are what I call the Imperfect Heart series and also uh, basswood feathers as part of the White Feather Project that actually Jacqueline from the Painted Farm Clockery and Leslie from Oak and Feather um, introduced earlier in the year, actually shortly after my mom passed. So I got a feather <clears throat> and uh, I thought I can make feathers. I've never done one before in my life, but yeah, so I carve feathers and I carve imperfect hearts and those go out to people that inspire me um, or move me or whatever. I don't know. I can't explain how I decide. I just know my heart knows that it's time to carve one of these and, and my heart knows who it's for when it starts car carving and I just follow my heart. Yeah, I would say I feel like um, you're definitely known as one of the most generous and supportive members of the maker community. And to me, I feel like you're everybody's mom in a good way. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm the Insta mama. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, Okay, so how about a little bit more on your background? Like what, you know, what was your childhood like? Um, do you think some of that led into this interest in, in uh, woodwork and the, the carving? Um, I don't know. I mean, I was the youngest of four until I was 15. Um, I have a half-sister. You've actually met my half-sister. Um, you know, my, my older sister had her music and her horses and my brothers had their sports and I had my imagination. That's pretty much what I had. Um, I've always been creative, but more so in the writing end of it. Uh, and I've tried a lot of different things. I like to experiment. I like to try new things, but nothing ever really stuck um, until I found woodworking. So it's very strange. I mean, I've always been crafty. My husband uh, used to lament about my purchases because any any craft you can think of, I had supplies for. Um, and my kids love that now. Uh, so I don't know that. I mean, yeah, it was my imagination. And I was fortunate enough, I think, to, to get through life uh, maintaining a healthy imagination. And it fosters creativity and that's what I try and do with my kids too. Uh, I lost my husband seven years ago to extreme undiagnosed diabetes. It was sudden and it was unexpected. So the last seven years of my journey 
has been just being a mom and, and supporting my kids emotionally more than anything and uh, finding an outlet for myself. And, and that's what woodworking has become for me. And uh, I've just recently started back to work part-time in the workforce. Uh, I was unable to until recently because of the emotional needs of my kids. It just didn't allow for it. So now I'm back to work and it's fun and it's, you know, I, I have a job that I like, but I don't get to make as much. So it's kind of a double-edged sword. I'm kind of missing my making. Yeah, I bet. Um, I, I mean, I think for every maker, you know, regardless of situation, gender, whatnot, making is absolutely an outlet, not just for creativity, but also a stress reliever. Um, oh, I get cranky. I yeah, get cranky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I get cranky too. If it if it goes more than I think about three and a half days is my tipping point where I start to get really cranky if I haven't touched anything in any way. Yeah, that's, that's probably about my time, my limit too. <laughs> and I can honestly say I haven't, yeah, we're, we're rapidly approaching that. <laughs> um, I have to make something tomorrow when I'm done work, I guess. Yeah. So just spend all day Sunday doing something. Yeah. So, okay, so you said that you're homeschooling your girls. Yep. Um, so have you always homeschooled them? Um, no. Um, my youngest thing, too, Miss Elizabeth, um, she's struggled with a lot of, a lot of stuff. Um, she was only seven when Richard passed away. So very young. And there were behavioral issues before he passed away and everything was just kind of uh, magnified and escalated. And we went through some really trying times and got her to where she was in a good place mostly. Um, and then we had, I had her diagnosed with uh, writing disability within a, a writing disorder within a learning disability. So uh, there's a disconnect between the brain and the hand. You could give her, ask her to recount anything verbally and she could do it, but she wasn't able to write it out. Um, and the school kind of dropped the ball on her educational assistance plan that it, it just didn't happen. And there were some bullies and there were teachers not really understanding her needs, not giving her, she wasn't, her needs weren't being met within the school in terms of her education. Uh, and we had just made huge leaps and bounds uh, on the behavioral side of it. And I didn't want the backslide. And I had been toying with it. I have a friend who, who had homeschooled her son for most of his education. And I said, you know what? I just said to her, I said, do you want to do this? She said, yes. I said, okay. <clears throat> so I pulled her out of school. It'll be, she's 14 and a half now. So she would have, it would have been three years ago, three years ago next month. And then my oldest daughter, I sent her off to high school 
three years ago, a ha happy and healthy, self-assured self 13, almost 14-year-old, and by Christmas break, she was just a mess. The stress, uh, I mean, and both my kids are exceptionally bright, and I'm not just saying that, you know, they're, they're bright. They, they're, they both read well above their own grades and, and whatnot, but um, just the stress and the pressure of the homework, and, and I don't feel like she was prepared academically for the type of stress that she endured. And she just was freaking out. I had more mental health days with her. You know, oh, you don't have to go. That's fine. You know what? Your mental wellness is more important than your grades. And then finally at Christmas break, I just said, do you want to be homeschooled too? Yes, please. <laughs> so, so that was that. And um, it's great. And we can get in the car and we can go and we can travel. We've traveled almost from one coast of the country to the other. Uh, and done things and seen things and every day they're learning because every day it's something new to experience. Uh, we're just at the point now with the oldest one where she has to focus more. So we're looking into online courses for her uh, in preparation. She wants to go to community college for animation in 2020. So we've got a couple of years to get her there. That, that sounds awesome. And um, I just, I really applaud you <laughs> for putting your kids' mental health above necessarily staying within um, the system. I feel like that it was an easy decision, but probably maybe a little bit of a tough decision of watching your kids go through the stresses they were going through. It, that was hard, and um, I was, it was surprising at the amount of questioning that I received from family members. Why are you doing this? Well, because of this. Yeah, but you know. Well, no. No, you don't know. They're not your kids. So um, I ended up pushing back and just saying, you know what? back off my kids my decision their happiness my happiness not your problem um and that that strained a few relationships within the family but it's you know it's out it that's it's the whole thing you can't judge somebody's situation because it's their situation it's not your situation and it, it didn't it didn't help that you know there are educators in the family. So, yeah, yeah, you work in a broken system. <laughs> so, but I didn't come out and say that. I didn't criticize them because, you know what, my kids didn't go to the school where they worked. And But, yeah, it's uh, my kids are my world, and I do what I, what I need to do to keep them happy and healthy. And I, and I think that's awesome. I, I think that... I feel like that's a mom trait, right? A mama bear trait. You're going to take care. <laughs> take well, yeah, care I take, you know, I take care of my peeps too, right? I know. That's what I was, you are the mom. You're the ultimate mom, I think. <laughs> well, I learned from the best. And that's good. That's how my mom was, so. Yep. Yep. That's, that's awesome. Um, it sounds like 
So if your oldest wants to go and learn about animation, the woodworking might not have been her her bag. No. <laughs> Sounds like they're both still very creative. Um, oh, absolutely. And Elizabeth's kind of like me. She she will dabble in just about anything and everything, right? Uh, she's really picked up her painting again, um, but she does soap making and bath bombs, and she's trying different things and that makes me happy. I can tell she get she gets cranky too and she doesn't understand. She'll go weeks without creating anything. And I just say to her, you know what? You know what I think you need to do today? I think you need to do this. Well, no, I don't. Well, yeah, you do. And she's like begrudging me the whole way. And then as soon as she starts making, she relaxes. Uh, you know, she starts smiling. She's happier. I said, oh, look at that. You're in a good mood. Yeah. I said, oh, didn't I tell you that would happen? Yeah. So now, now she does it more often. She understands. Yeah, it's one of those fun mom moments, right, where you get to be a little bit of uh, I told you so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He tells me all the time, I told you so. So I just give it, it's nice to give it back to her. That's right. That's right. So when you started um, just a couple, almost a couple years ago with the, you know, starting the woodworking um, to see if it was an interest with the homeschooling and stuff, was that the first time that you picked up a tool? Uh, in terms of, well, I've always been handy. I've always known how to use a drill. I've always known how to use a jigsaw. Um, I did community mm -hmm. theater. So, you know, you do what you have to do for set building and, and construction and things like that. So I'm not afraid of power tools. Uh, home improvement stuff. We used to do projects. My husband and I would do projects together, you know, putting down laminate flooring, things like that. So, but in terms of actual tools specifically for woodworking, yeah, pretty much. I mean, I'd used, I used a miter saw when I did my flooring, but. Was there any tool um, at all that you felt intimidated to approach? I, I didn't know enough to be intimidated by anything. My favorite thing is, my, one of my favorite hashtags is fearless, right? Hashtag fearless. What's the worst that can happen? Well, uh, well with power tools, there's a lot that can happen, but. Um, Touch wood, I've not had any power tool accidents. Um, yeah, the table stall still intimidates. I, and that's, a, again, that's a purchase I probably mm -hmm. didn't need, but I've only used it a couple of times. So it intimidates me a little bit. But other than that, no. You know, I got a router. Oh, I think I want to do this with it. And I'm sure I've used it in ways it's not meant to be used, but it works out. So, no, I just, every new tool is a learning opportunity, and I love learning. So even if it's learning from mistakes, mistakes made are learning opportunities, and, and that's how I approach woodworking. I love that. I think um, I'm on a, a, a similar line as you. Like, I kind of just, I get super curious and mm -hmm. go, okay, will this work? Well, let's try it out and see what's the worst that can happen. It gets thrown yes. in the scrap bin 
I can start yeah. over, you know, <laughs> but, but it's absolutely that like the, the challenge of figuring something out and learning exactly. about it is the exciting part. Yeah. And I'm persistent too. So I don't think I've ever not followed through. Well, I shouldn't say that. I got, mm -hmm. I had one funny looking little turtle. I tried to carve a turtle and he sat in my, he sat in my carving box for the longest. I don't think he's, he might still even be in there. And he basically has no head. His, I didn't leave enough material on the wood to, to do the head prop. So I, I can say, well, he's going into his shell. I don't know, but I've never completely abandoned anything or just said, Oh, well, this didn't work. I've redone it. You know, I've made mistakes, but I learned how to correct the mistakes and follow through. So, so I know currently this is not a business venture, right? This is your pastime, your happy space. Um, do you ever intend on turning it into a business? I'm not sure. Um, there's, there's a couple things about that. I mean, I do sell stuff. If people reach out to me and say, hey, can you do this? I usually say, sure. Um, my thing is, I would have no idea how to price stuff because if, if it's hand carving, it, I mean, A, it should be really, really good because you have to price it really, really high to get paid for your time. Um, I also stress a little bit when I actually have orders. Um, and it's really funny because a couple of years ago, <clears throat> my oldest daughter, I said, do you want to do one of these painting party things or do you want to take these classes? And she said, no. And I said, why not? She said, because I don't like people telling me how to do my art. And I kind of feel that way about my art. <laughs> um, these, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's an added pressure, unless it's something, unless it's the poetry sign. So um, I have done quite a few. I started off doing them for myself, just quotes from some of my favorite poets. And then, you know, you post it, you tag it, you tag the, the, the poet. And then the next thing you know, they're saying, oh, that's so cool. Well, can you, and you're swapping signs for signed poetry. Um, and then, but I actually did have a huge order. <clears throat> that it's stuff that I like. It's something that I'm passionate about and it's a shared experience with the client. So it's kind of cool. Um, there's a, a, a connection there as opposed to just saying, okay, I'm going to take custom orders on and I have to, it's almost as if I have to have an emotional connection with what it is I'm working on. Um, I, yeah, I, there's it's it's hard to explain and maybe because it's the nature of what I'm doing now because I'm not doing so I thought oh okay I can be a sign maker and then I joined all these Facebook groups and quickly discovered that um, a lot of sign makers aren't very nice at least not on Facebook so um, although I know some awesome sign makers on Instagram and I love them all um, but they're the helpful ones yeah. And I just thought, you know what, this is, yeah, no, I don't, I don't need drama. I don't need stress. This, I need something to relax me and something to lift me up. And so maybe that's why I do hearts and feathers. 
I 100% agree with your daughter about not wanting people to tell me what to do with my art. Um, so I tend not to, it's very rare that you will find me taking um, custom orders, yeah. you know, a custom project. I tend to be like, well, I'm going to make something. And eventually the right person's going to come along that loves it just as much as I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and eventually they'll buy it. Now, yeah. granted, this theory is not necessarily working out to be profitable for me, but, yeah. <laughs> but it allows me to do and make the way that I want to make. Well, and that's it. Um, and I take the same, the same approach for work. I mean, I was a corporate trainer for years and you see people who were just going through the motions and, you know what, you have to love what you're doing. You have to enjoy what it is you do. And if what you're doing doesn't make you happy, you need to go and find something else that will. Um, And it's the same with my creating. If, and those darn coffee and tea trivets, I I still have have two coffee trivets that I have an order that I have to do for Christmas. Got to be delivered uh, within the next couple weeks. I begrudge the process from beginning to end. It's like, oh, why did I say I was going to do this? Why? Oh, oh, oh. Mm-hmm. And then when everything is said and done and it, I have the finished product in front of me, oh, my goodness, it's beautiful. I don't want to let it go. <laughs> yeah. um, they're not my favorite thing to do, but they're my favorite finished product, right? Uh, so I put it off, but then I plow through it and I get it done. But if there's no joy in what you create and the joy can be in the process. For me, a lot of times the joy is in the giving of what I make and it's watching the joy at the receiving end of it as well. So it's kind of magic for me. And you can't put a price on that. No, you can't put a price on that. That's right. (laughs) I agree. Totally agree. So how do you manage, you said you recently started working again. Um, So how do you manage, outside the home, um, how do you manage your mom of two also doing um, homeschooling with those two, plus working, plus making, uh, how do you do it all? and not go completely insane? Not very well this week. (laughs) The job is, it's good because most days I'm done, I'm home by 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, So I'm in for five o'clock. So I'm up at 3.15 and I go in for five and then I come home and um, because we're doing journey learning, because there are no, there's no curriculum that they have to follow, uh, because they're almost 15 and 17, they're independent. And like I know at any given time, Allie's upstairs in her room uh, drawing either in her sketchbook or digitally on her computer. And that Elizabeth is probably binge watching something on Netflix. <laughs> you know? Although lately she's she's done a lot of creating this week, so that's that's not a big thing. I'm I'm home by mid morning most days, so it's not an issue. Um, work days there's no making, just because I'm older, and I get tired, <laughs> and my feet get sore. Um, 
but we still manage to do stuff together as a family every day, whether it's going grocery shopping or going to the craft store and picking stuff out or whatever. I wish I could get them to do housework with me. That would be awesome. <laughs> but uh, I don't know how we do it. It's a balance. It's been a learning curve. I mean, I've been at this job, the away from home job, out of the house job for seven weeks, eight weeks now, almost eight weeks. And it's, it's taken some time to find a groove, but my schedule's never the same every week, so it's getting really hard to find a groove that works. Um, I can't remember the last time we did a proper grocery shop. We do a hit and run at the grocery store and get what we need. So, um, so I miss, I do miss the routine of the weekly stuff that we would do before I started working outside of the home, but we just make it work. Yeah, I feel like um, no matter the situation, I I feel you on the hit and run. I I think I feel like it's been months <laughs> since we actually like just went and bought for the week or you know a couple of weeks. Nope, it's usually like phone call scramble. Crap, what are we gonna have for dinner tonight? Type of yeah, we eat out a lot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we eat out a lot. But, uh, so what would you say is your favorite part about being a maker? Um, the, my favorite part is, I mean, I think I, in some ways I've always been a maker. And I've always had ideas that I've tried to bring to life. And that never really happened until I started woodworking. So my favorite part about being a maker is having an idea and executing it successfully. It's like, wow, this is, this is cool. Um, yeah, that's my favorite thing. Do you, okay. So going down that line, what's your favorite tool to work with? That could be hand tool or power tool. Yeah, probably my, yeah, I've got <laughs> a, a whole variety of carving knives. So any of my, any and all of my carving tools. Um, yeah. And then for my own Zen thing, my uh, gator finishing micro zip, just sitting in my chair with my feet up, hand sanding with my micro zip, something that I've carved. Um, that's very relaxing for me. So Awesome. And What's in terms your... of power power tools out in the shop, my bandsaw. I like my bandsaw. I well, <laughs> I like a good bandsaw. I don't particularly like my bandsaw. Um, I have to upgrade. Um, I I bought what I could afford, and a, even for entry level, it's at the lower end. So I, you know, plus Ryobi, their bandsaw is not great. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I am going to have to upgrade my bandsaw, but uh, yeah, it, the versatility in for what I do in doing the rough cuts and the shapes before I, I carve anything. Yeah, I would, I would agree. I like uh, my bandsaw. I don't even have a table saw. 
I, um, and even though I do some bigger pieces, um, I do a lot of ripping, which I know is not kosher with my miter saw, or if it's too big, then I'll do it with, uh, the bandsaw. Um, I, I did the band, my bandsaw is a Laguna bandsaw and that's like yeah. the largest, most expensive piece of equipment to date that I've ever bought. Yeah. But it's definitely a time saver for sure. Yeah. Well, and I'm trying to decide, do I want to, you know, when I upgrade, do I want to just go with like a 10 inch tabletop Oops. or do I want something more? I'm, mm -hmm. I think I'm leaning towards something more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, most of the things I do, honestly, even though I do bigger things than necessarily what you work with, um, if I'm doing furniture, I'm either doing like slab tops, so I'm not having to do much with tools besides sanding, or I'm carving out a log into something. Yeah. So I still don't have a lot of large scale stuff. So I'm still, even though I have this huge, powerful bandsaw, I'm still doing a lot of my little stuff on it. Like, like you, you know, like the spatulas I made this week, I did the yeah. rough shape cut out on the bandsaw mm. and it just saved me so much time. I used to do that on a scroll saw and which gets the job done, but it's a little touch and go and dicey at times. Yeah, I've been there, done that, bought a, bought a bandsaw instead. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Okay, so since you're like Miss Experimentation, kind of like me, what is your favorite medium to work with? Mm. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Um, I don't do enough of it, and I should I should probably get back into it, but it just takes up so much room in my kitchen. Is uh, I love playing with resin. The different pigments, the different molds, the different... And I have all these things that I've made that I've done nothing with. But again, it's just, it's, I'm going to make it to see if I can. I can. I have a whole box filled with resin bubbles, you know, skull heads and seashells and turtles and <laughs> haven't done anything with them, but I made them. Yep. Yeah. I just, um, I started using those things that I poured into the, the candy molds. Mm -hmm. I started out doing necklaces, um, but quickly changed to magnets. So they become yeah. something for me, easy to do. You know, I can yeah. pour them and, <clears throat> and have fun with the pigments and the trying to make different swirls and stuff in them. Mm -hmm. um, and then just uh, this time around, what I've got curing downstairs, usually I glue the magnet onto the finished resin part. But this time I experimented with dropping the magnet in when it's not fully cure. Yep. Um, we will see when I demold them this afternoon if the magnet sunk all the way to the face of the which I'm hoping yeah, it didn't. That, that's the thing. I did some coasters, right? I thought I'll do some beach coasters. And in hindsight, I did it the wrong way. Yeah. So I keep saying, okay, I'm going to redo them. But I haven't gotten around to redoing them. But yeah. Well, I did, I, I, I did it just kind of one at a time. So at the 
24, because I use the Ecopoxy. So that's a 36. Yeah. So I used at 24 hours, I dropped a magnet and I'm pretty sure that sunk all the way to the bottom because it was just too, it was still too liquid. But then at, then I did one at 30 hours. I think that one still might've sunk, but not quite all the way. And then I did the rest of them at like 34 hours. And they, I don't think they sunk all the way. Um, well, ha- I mean, I'll only be able to tell when I demold it, but. Yeah. Um, and that's it. I've not suspended anything in the liquid plastic. Um, I used Ecopoxy is what I used for my coffee table for my IG builders. Mm-hmm. So, and that was making sure everything was sealed up with caulking. I caulking yep. everything. Yep. And it, because the it, that stuff's so thin, it'll if it's got a pinhole, it'll find it. I and know. <laughs> the, center, the center section of my coffee table, on one side it's copper, on the other side it's purple. And you can just see about a quarter of an inch, a little bit of purple into the copper, and a little bit of copper into the purple. But, um, yeah. So. so you use the liquid plastic for that? For the coffee table? Uh, yeah. yeah. Two-thirds of it was the liquid plastic, and then I topped off with artist resin. Oh, okay. After the liquid plastic was cured, mm-hmm. I topped off with um, just clear artist resin. Okay. So. I did um, for the bowls that I've been working on, putting epoxy on. <clears throat> I did the first one with the liquid plastic, mm-hmm. uh, but the cure time's just too too damn long on it. It's really so, long. So I, I, the next one, which is still in the shop, I used the UV epoxy because Ecopoxy reached out to me and said, why don't you try this? Yep. Um, and the cure time is super quick, but I, so I've been toying with, I don't know if like that would be a better product for the, the silicone candy molds versus the liquid. Um, I use, I use artist resin with the silicone candy molds and it's great. 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Usually it's less than 24 hours. I can pop the stuff out of the mold and then, it, and then let it finish up hard and cure outside of the mold. Mm-hmm. And I've not had any problems with it. You know, I just buy it on Amazon and away we go. Mm-hmm. I, and I used to use like the artist resin and stuff too. The only thing I really like about the Ecopoxy, even though it's pricier is that I don't have to wear a mask and the yeah. fumes, the smell isn't <clears throat> there and the fumes aren't there. Um, so that's what I appreciate. Plus I, I enjoy being able to tell people that it's plant, it's made, it's plant-based yeah. uh, resin. Um, because I actually, I get asked questions even about the magnets about that. Like, you know, if my two year old starts chomping on it, like how bad is it for them type thing? <laughs> All right. Okay. So what is your favorite part about being a mom? My favorite part about being a mom is I think just being able to share experiences with my kids and see them experience things um, that maybe I didn't get to do at their age or that i experienced later in life and didn't have the the awe and the wonder of it uh like last last well in the spring after workbench con the girls came with me right and then we drove to florida and just driving and and seeing their reaction to seeing a palm tree for the first time 
And it's like, yeah, this is, this is what it's all about, you know, and taking them to the theme parks and, you know, taking them to the ocean and, and uh, just sharing experiences and making memories. That's doesn't matter how much money you have or how many things you have, the memories are the treasures and making memories with them. It's awesome. Absolutely. Favorite, favorite part ever, right? Yep. Um, so I don't know, you know, you Canadians love everybody and are so nice <laughs> to everybody. So I don't know. Well, there are people I don't like, but I won't name them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So have you had or, you know, been a party to any issues with starting into the, especially the woodworking, making, um, being a woman in a traditionally male-dominated field? Oh, yeah. I get talked down to at the big box stores. Sure. Um, when I was doing, when I was first starting out, when I went to, to start purchasing my tools, I'm a researcher. I will do research. Uh, and yes, I read my user manuals when I get them. I know how things work. Uh, uh, I like to educate myself because I love to learn. So even going into that, I had, you know, some pretty good knowledge. And I just went in and said, I need this, I need this, I need this. Well, what are you going to use? For? Well, you don't need to know what I'm going to use it for. I know what I'm going to use it for. This is what I need. Well, how can I? Well, no, you don't have to do I've done my research. It's okay. Um, and even now when I go in, if I, I'm going in for supplies, like, you know, or, well, why would you need something like that? Because I have a project in mind that this is, well, that's not what that's designed for. And I'm not using it for its traditional, you know, dude, just point me in the right direction. Point me in the right direction. Um, and the, they have one guy here at the Home Depot in Guelph. Um, he's older than dirt. And, and I was raised to respect my elders. I really was, but I do my very best to avoid him because he just talks to me like I'm stupid. He talks down to me. It's like, you know what? I probably know more about this than you do, but I, I, I am respectful. But yeah, if I have to work, if I have to go look for something in the section that he's working in, I won't I'll come back another day just to avoid that. I don't like confrontation and I feel like I need to confront him because he's very belittling. And it's like, mm, yeah, I don't care if you've been around since Jesus was a cowboy. Don't talk to me that way. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, you know, and that's a common response I think I get from most maker moms with this question is it's, you know, going into those big box stores until sometimes it's until those employees get to know the, that person's face. Right. And then they kind of back and off. I don't, I don't work with a lot of, you know, dimensional lumber. So I don't go in often enough for that to happen mm -hmm. unless I have a very specific project that, that requires it. So it's um, frustrating. But how do you feel about the maker community? I feel like there's a lot of support um, all around, regardless of someone's gender, race, creed. Um, 
But yeah. you being the maker, you being the uh, Insta mom, I thought it's I should awesome. ask you. <laughs> yeah, there is. I mean, there is. I, I, I just recently switched back from a business account to a personal account just because I thought maybe I might be able to get the music for my stories, but that didn't work. Um, and my de the demographics for my followers, I mean, I've got 1,700 and some odd followers. I really don't keep track. Um, and I think it's 53% men, 47% women. So, um, yeah, I think there are some serious badass women on Instagram who have really paved the way, I think, for a lot of other female makers. So, you know, I'm thinking um, specifically Tamar, 3 by 3 Customs. Like, I don't think there's anything she can't do, right? And and it's, well, there's so many. I, you know, of course, now I've, I've said one name, and now I have to, they all know who they are. You're one of them. You know, Megan at Sweet Aloha, Janet Seven Mile Designs. You, you would go through the list. Uh, Brandy at... Uh, Oh my God. Are you thinking studio? Eternal Harvest. Oh, mm -hmm. Eternal Harvest. Okay. Yeah. Um, Charlie, right? Mm -hmm. Hawaii. Uh, there's, there's so many. And what I like too, is that the, the, a lot of the guys, if you have a question and you, you know, they don't care who you are or what's between your legs, they're going to answer your question. Right. Um, so yeah, there is a lot of support. Uh, I would love to see more people support the smaller accounts. I'm kind of getting sick of the follow Fridays of, hey, I'm going to shout out to shout out to my buddy, blah, 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 blah. And I'm sorry, somebody who's got more than 10,000 followers or 30,000 followers or 40,000 followers doesn't really need you to do a follow Friday for them. What about the, the little account that's got less than a thousand? And that's what I try and do with my Wood Crush Wednesday, which I completely forgot to do this week, because that's the kind of week I'm having, is to to put the spotlight on the smaller accounts. Um, and it's not just because they're a small account, they're a small account that's doing some really killer work, some stellar stuff. So um, I've gotten over the whole, I need to have followers. I I don't need followers badly. I mean, I'm happy with the quality of the people that I engage with on Instagram. And that's what's important to me. It's quality connections. It's engagement. Um, and I will, I could have easily probably about 2,500 followers if I didn't give a crap. Um, but what I do, somebody, if so-and-so starts following you, I'm sorry, if you're a private account that has no posts and you're following a bazillion people and you only have a handful of followers, I'm blocking you because you're just trying to steal my content, right? Okay, if you're a real estate agent, I'm blocking you because you're not selling me a house. You know, if you're a spam account, I'm reporting you because you're a spam account. Um, so I... I do monitor my followers. I want quality people because I feel like that's, those are the people that I'm going to get the most engagement with. I'm going to appreciate their accounts. Uh, they could be doing something that I might want to learn or, you know, they might have 
questions for me that I'm always happy to 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 share what little knowledge I have because I'm not an expert by any means. But it's for me, it's quality. It's it's the quality of the people. Um, right, quality over quantity. Right. Um, yeah, absolutely. Because I feel like you know, it took me a while to change my mindset a little bit around it because I am trying to grow a business. Um, but I realized, and I don't know why I didn't realize it sooner, <laughs> um, but I realized that, you know, I really want to focus on building a community um, and where, where, yes, there's makers we can share knowledge with, or maybe, you know, I've met some people within my local community that uh, follow me on Instagram and, and most of them are women and they say they follow me because they just love seeing my little videos. Like that's all they want to see. And it brings some, some stress relief to their day. And I figure, Hey, if you just watch me make and it brings stress yeah. relief to your day, well, I will take yeah. that. <laughs> um, but it's still about building community. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm really trying to dive in obviously with this, you know, new podcast, dive into this whole building up a community of moms, especially. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I love all my maker guys. I really do. Um, you know, I could list quite a few that engage with me regularly um, through social media and, and I appreciate all of their support. Um, but especially, you know, currently I am a mom of two littles. And I have found that it's definitely stressful. <laughs> it's definitely hard to manage all of that. And then I thought, hey, I can't be alone on this, right? So yeah. we need to build up this community. And I really want to help encourage moms to look to making, not necessarily woodworking, but making in any way mm -hmm. uh, as their own stress relief. Because I think, you know, creating something about creating which I feel moms are in tuned with. We created human beings. So yeah. I think it's pretty natural for us to want to create. And I think that to me, just putting hands to work is some, is um, like you said, with your zip, right? It's, something it's therapeutic. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I think you're, you're spot on with, you know, the kind of the quality versus quantity aspect of, um, especially social media, especially social media. Well, yeah. And it can be, it, it can be overwhelming. Um, it's crazy. I mean, I, I, when I started this, I didn't think about it. It's just me talking to my camera, you know, good morning, Instapeeps. How's everybody doing today? And it's just me sitting in my car, talking to my camera, talking to my phone. That's it. And you don't realize the impact and then you start getting messages and then you go, Oh, you're such an inspiration. Oh, you're this. Oh, you're that. And you're thinking, Oh my goodness, that's pressure. Don't please don't put pressure on me. It's really hard. Cause it, it I have enough responsibility in my life. <laughs> um, I've given up Facebook, but on Facebook a couple of years ago, I decided to, um, just type up on my typewriter a daily gratitude. And I would post it. I'd post it on Facebook. And, I, and if you go far enough back in my Instagram, you'll find them in my Instagram too. Um, 
And I got people saying, oh, I so look forward to that. You know, you, 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 I, need, I need that every day. I need that motivation. I was like, no, 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 no. You need to find your own gratitude, find your own motivation, right? So I don't do that anymore, but I do my stories. And I've learned that it's okay to not story every day. Um, this past week, I needed to take a serious break. Um, and on the days that I work, it's hard. I feel like I'm, I'm coming out of work and it's hard labor what I do. Um, you know, stocking shelves and hauling inventory around and I'm drained. I'm drained physically. And then I have to try and psych myself up emotionally to get that story out. And it's just, you know what? I, I don't want to fake it. I want to be real. Okay. Here's the real me yesterday saying, you know what? On the days that I'm working, I'm not going to story because it's not quality. So I'll talk to you on Sunday, right? And it's okay. You don't have to do it every day. But I thought I, I was feeling the pressure of having to do it every day. And, and I like that some people are inspired. And that's great. I'm not a motivational speaker. I am not Tony Robbins. Um, I'm just a mom talking into her phone trying to spread kindness and sunshine and but I can't do it every day it just doesn't it doesn't work for me anymore and that's okay I've been uh hitting a couple of weeks like that myself um you know I though definitely didn't make any announcements but I understand it's like I started feeling pressure like oh I got to get on there but you know what you know, I posted one day and I just, I wasn't, <laughs> it was clear. I was not very happy that yeah. day. And, you know, and then I get messages of like, well, where's the smile? And I'm like, some days I don't feel like smiling. This is, <laughs> this is the reality of life. <laughs> it, and that's it. And I want to keep it real. And I just want to say, you know what? Yeah. Most days I do try it. Most days I have a smile on my face. If you see me on the street I'm, and you smile, I'm smiling. But uh, some days I just, you know, I'm done. <laughs> I'm just done. I'm just done. Um, but, yeah, if you catch me on a good day, yay. Um, and I've learned, too, with, through the whole, you know, mental wellness and, and suicide prevention week and, and that, that whole last month um, that, yeah, self-care is important. So, and if all self-care means to you is putting the phone down, then that's cool because you're doing what you need to do. Um, and so I said when I came back from my little hiatus, you know, it's been a while, but that's okay. That's what I needed. So and I, I've just learned to recognize that. So, and people can take what they need from my stories and my posts, and that's awesome. Um, they're f for me and it was at the point where they weren't really for me so I need to get back to that I need to return to that happy place of whatever it is return to that pursuit of happy mess that's that happy mess <laughs> <laughs> happy emotional mess yeah I don't yeah. know <laughs> hey it's at least a mess, right? That's it is. <laughs> it is. 
All right, so going um, kind of uh, with my last question here going out, um, what words of wisdom would you like to leave for other maker moms? Um, if you're just starting out, just be fearless. Don't let the doubt creep in because doubt is a nasty little bugger. Um, you know what? I, when I, I, I said, okay, you know, we're going to do this and I committed and yeah, just, just be fearless. Just do it. Uh, it doesn't have to be full time in the shop. It doesn't have to be it. Take from it what you need. If you know you can only squeeze in a forty-five minute nap time hustle, but at the end of that forty-five minutes, you are in a better headspace and a happier place than you were before the kids went down for a nap. Then that's awesome. Just. Find the joy in making, and uh, you'll be all right. Those are uh, great words of wisdom, I think. Um, so, Wendy, thank you again very much for agreeing to be a guest on this uh, new adventure of mine. Well, thank you for asking me to be a guest. <laughs> well, of course, when I think maker mom, again, you're one of the first that comes top of mind. So <laughs> I'm everybody's mom. <laughs> That's right. Whether you want to be or not right now. <laughs> uh, it's a, a role that I'm okay with. There you go. I'm a fierce mama bear. There you go. That's the best kind of mama bear to be. <laughs> yep. So again, that was Wendy with The Pursuit of Happy Mess. You can find her on Instagram under that um, handle, Pursuit of Happy Mess. And I really hope that you do. She shares a lot of um, inspirational things. She's very open and honest about uh, what's going on in her life right now. And I think we all can learn from that open and honest approach uh, to social media. I hope you really enjoyed today's interview. I know that I enjoyed talking with Wendy again, um, and I really appreciate how real she was with everything that she talked about, and I hope you appreciated it as well. So again, go ahead and go to www.makermompodcast.com to find the show notes. And don't forget, if you like this episode and any of the other episodes, please go on to whatever platform you are listening, especially iTunes, and give a five-star review. Uh, that allows other people to find the show and have a listen as well. All right, I'll catch you next week. Thank you for listening to the Maker Mom podcast. You can connect with the Maker Mom community in the Facebook group page, Maker Moms. And remember, if you enjoyed listening to this episode, please subscribe, leave an awesome review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know.